2: Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show with d Mindy. Little Cheesecake
0: and Doc starts now. What's going on everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. We are a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D-Mindy here, joined by someone who calls the Beanie Baby Fuzz as his 1.01 of Beanie Baby Bears. It's the doc Eric Mendelson what's going on?
4: Whoa whoa whoa, let's be real. Holiday 1998 was the 101. Fuzz was really? yours.
0: No, Fuzz was your favorite beanie baby. What are you talking about?
4: I don't know, man. I think you have a bad memory.
0: But it was Michael's was peace our other brother. Um, I don't remember what mine was. I think I liked um What was the green one with the scarf? Wallace. <laughs> yeah, I liked Wallace a lot. And then here
4: we are talking about Beanie Babies on a baseball podcast. What is wrong with us? <laughs> I will
0: if, I will go to the grave saying that I'm pretty sure you were all about fuzz.
4: I mean, that was maybe at the beginning of years. Certainly not towards the end. <laughs> I promise, David and I aren't virgins. Oh God! Well,
0: uh, anybody that used to play Beanie Babies growing up, or you didn't play them, we we played Beanie Baby stuff with it. But uh, anybody that collected them, they knew how great of a time that was. It was a simpler time. Uh, But we're not doing simple on this show today. Uh, In today's episode, we have trade deadline, winners and losers. And let's face it, there were some winners, there were some losers, guys that are going to benefit from increased playing time, prospects that are now going to get the call and be able to make their mark with major league teams here. Honestly, it's just exciting to be able to see all these changes and was probably the biggest trade deadline
4: deadline of our lifetime. I don't remember ever being one that was bigger than this. Do you? Nah, I, I feel like this rivaled the NBA one. I feel like NBA free agency and the trade deadline usually steal the show. Yeah. So it's going to be a doozy. And of
0: course, what better person to do it than local Marylander uh, joining us? Of course, Mr. Pitcherlist list of a guy of pitcher list, Ben Palmer. It's going to be a fun session. So make sure to stay tuned for that. After we go to our question of the week, which MLB player would you want your future daughter to date, and our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do
3: it for you. Let's do it! Yeah!
0: All right, there's a lot of news. Uh, We did miss some trades, but it's to the point now where I think everybody's aware of all the trades that happened. So we're going to update stuff post-trade deadline here, starting with the Angels announcing this afternoon that Anthony Rendon is going to undergo season-ending surgery to repair a right hip impingement, being placed on the 60-day IL. And honestly, just been a very disappointing season for Rendon, who in 249 plate appearances... Put up a two forty three twenty nine three eighty two slash with six home runs, the least productive season of his career, far cry from his elite three ten three ninety seven five fifty seven line between twenty eighteen twenty twenty. Doc, wasn't he your MVP pick?
4: Yeah, I wasted ten dollars. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> That's Do the think- sound of me flushing ten dollars down the drain.
0: Do you think he'll be ready next year? Do you are you going to draft him? similar spot from where you drafted him this year or is are you I got of... him in
4: I got him in the third round of a 12 team home league I wouldn't take him that early because even last year he was injured with the angels so I I feel like who's ever on that team just is jinxed so maybe round four or round five I'm a Tony two bags fan at heart from his DC days mm-hmm.
0: Cole Hamels is signing a major league deal with a one million dollar base salary with the Los Angeles Dodgers so Dodgers have you know picked up Max Scherzer. And they also picked up Cole Hamels, and they also picked up Danny Duffy. So some interesting names in that rotation. Cole Hamels, I mean, I don't know what how much is left in the tank, but we'll have to be uh, watching. I wonder if he starts or if he just you know comes in two to three innings. So we'll have David to Price roll for him. We can see. I could see that Red Sox acquired outfielder Delano De Shields from the Rangers in exchange for cash. The Oakland A's have a reunion with Chris Davis signing him to a minor league contract and assigning him to the affiliate in the Arizona Complex League. So maybe that's what he just needed to come home to the Oakland A's and to get himself right there. In Saturday news, the Astros announced this afternoon that former Major League pitcher J.R. Richard passed away at age 71. They held The team is going to hold a moment of silence before the game tonight against the Twins. Richard appeared. In the majors from 1971 to 1980, his entire career was with the Astros. Regarded as one of the most electric pitchers of his era, he led the MLB in strikeouts from 78 to 79 and had 300 punchouts in both seasons. And uh, it's just incredibly sad that um, anybody, 71 is far too young, I think, still to be passing away, but we send our condolences to his family and his loved ones. The New York Yankees had a COVID outbreak that first, of course, landed uh, Jordan Montgomery and then Garrett Cole. Now, Gary Sanchez is also included in that bunch. Uh, Aaron Judge tested positively also, if you remember, immediately after the All-Star break there, of course, too. Uh, this is a huge mess in New York. Uh, and they for people that don't remember, they do miss 10 games or they're going to miss 10 days, which is most of the time nine or 10 games. So, um You're going to be without these guys for a little while, so keep an eye on that. If you have Garrett Cole on your roster, if you have Jordan Montgomery, any of these guys, just keep an eye on that. Um, One of the players, Wandy Peralta, did make his return from the I.L. is probably going to uh, take one of those spots there. Same thing in Milwaukee, as Christian Yelich is right on his way back, should actually be activated in the next day or two from the COVID I.L. Josh Hader is now on the COVID I.L., And he's out for 10 days, so uh, you would assume Devin Williams is going to be getting the saves there. Kumar Rocker and the Mets did not come into an agreement, according to the team. They're going to get an extra pick in the first round of next year at 11 overall. But people, they were concerned about his elbow, and they were not going to sign him to the $6 million that they agreed upon. So he's going to probably play some independent ball, and it's just overall just sad on both sides. He's going to be a prominent pitcher for the Mets, and... You know, with Rocker in that elbow already questioning stuff before he gets into actually pitching for an organization, it's got to be scary on his end. Saying with disappointing news, of course, Jacob DeGrom's also shut down until September. Now, Doc, if you have Jacob DeGrom in any redraft league and you have
4: minimal IL spots, are you holding on to Jacob DeGrom? I think it really depends on how situated you are. I think if you're in the front runner for a playoff spot, that you should hold on to him because the Mets are clinging to an NL East lead and. They probably will want him to pitch in September so they can make it to the postseason. If you're someone that's around 500 or if you need wins, I know we're in the final five weeks. Trade him and see if you can get some value because it's better off trying to play to win rather than just to have an ego and keep certain players.
0: The Yankees placed right-hander Domingo Herman on the 10-day IL. The Padres placed Fernando Tatis Jr. and right-hander Chris Paddock on the 10-day IL. Now, Tatis is on the IL with left shoulder inflammation. And this is a sh- after sliding into third base. Now he also had been side of uh, sideline earlier this year with another shoulder problem talking about season ending shoulder surgery being on the table. If he does not show improvement in his 10 day IL stint. So that's huge news. So keep an eye on that because if, if again, if the Padres start losing and start looking like they're more and more out of it, remember they're in the same division with the best team in the NL, the giants and the best new look team now with the Dodgers. I would not be shocked to see him shut down. So keep an eye on that. And Paddock has an oblique problem, which um, is never good for a pitcher. The left oblique strain, you know that could be maybe six weeks, eight weeks. Uh, I'm concerned about his availability for the rest of the season if you have him as well. Tyler Glass now underwent Tommy John surgery. It was a successful Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out obviously the rest of this year and most likely all of next season as well. Just sad. Um, he was a clear Cy Young candidate early on, had a 24 R war through 14 starts and a 2.66 ERA, and had a 36.2% strikeout rate. Uh, the man was just a monster. It just stinks for race fans, stinks for baseball fans, but you're, gonna, you're probably not going to see him until 2023. Uh, but there's a lot of negative talk. If you like hearing some positive talk, make sure you engulf yourself with all the great content over at Triple Play Fantasy. And if you want to hear more of what's cooking in this kitchen, you can check out all the great stuff going on the Triple Play Fantasy Network. Of course, we've got this baseball podcast. We've got our basketball and football podcast as well. Super Fantasy Bros. Again, if you're here for the baseball, Between the Seams with Marty and Mac is just fantastic. They are growing getting more viewers on their shows on the YouTube each and every day. Coach's Corners, See Me Eat 12 Donuts in 5 Minutes, all great content on the YouTube channel. Of course, if writing is more your style, come to the website, tripplayfantasy.com. Tons of great articles from our talented writers. But if you want to keep up with everything we're doing, it all comes out from the same place on our social media accounts, at TripPlayFantasy, Fantasy, which Doc runs. You'll see all the article drops, all the YouTube videos, everything you can keep track of over at TripPlayFantasy, Fantasy, where, remember, we talk everything. Football, baseball, basketball. Sleeves hugging the biceps. David, the David, need- David, David
4: David, not realizing that messages are more effective when they're shorter, and him rambling on is losing its effectiveness. No, they're all here for it. All things you need in life right
3: here at Triple Play Fantasy. But we're going to jump into trade deadline winners and losers with Ben Palmer right after this quick break.
1: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of
4: Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
0: Triple play fantasy baseball show back at its normal time Thursday evening. Uh, feels good. It's nice and dark outside my house. It was the brightness was just like the your last soul. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I'm a vampire. I like doing my shows at night here. Of course, uh, that ugly voice you heard is the normal co-host there, Doc. How you doing? You know, this ugly voice is great at sales, David, unlike you. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're a salesman because you're not selling me. So hopefully you sell your other clients in better aspects, other things. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about you. We're gonna talk about the guest that's right below us right here. This this special gentleman. And I uh I gotta intro him in the right way. Let's where's my music? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. We welcome in a man that's a master of three M's. That's movies, music, and a managing editor. He's a fancy sports writer for Pitcherless and QBless, the co-host of and Flies of Pitcherless Pods. The guy is an FSWA member, healthcare writer for the Daily Briefing, and near and dear to our hearts as he's a local Marylander just like Doc and myself. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not Carson Palmer. It's not Jordan Palmer. But even better, it is Ben Palmer. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going great,
2: man. Quite, quite the intro. That was fantastic. All of that, all of that. I have to say, the intro to the podcast too, with the with the video and all that. Fantastic, like top notch production value. Love
0: it. No, I have to give a shout out the video beginning is all Mr. Sleepy K Mike Curlin. He made that. For oh, us. yep. You know what? Now that now that you mentioned it, that looks like something he would have made. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> He's very dope. Uh, yeah, and uh, the uh, the other stuff was just me stalking your profile and just digging enough <laughs> to find everything. So uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So we talked before the show. Mm-hmm. Local Marylander, just like us, and you're apparently like what within 30 minutes from us too, which is a yeah. If you guys heavy. are in Baltimore, yeah,
2: we're probably like 45 minutes from each other. I uh, I've been in. I love Baltimore. Uh, I work in DC now, but I used to work in Baltimore and uh, used to always defend Baltimore to the people who said, oh, DC's better. And be like, look, Baltimore's not that bad. But um, I think I kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to say I like DC better. But oh. I don't. Look, I won't say it. But there are definitely some advantages DC has. DC is the most, like, I always say it's the most breathable city that I've ever been in uh, it, because of the height restriction, I think, of the buildings. They can't be a certain like height, so there's so much more sky and sunlight. So, And this isn't a knock on Baltimore. It's like every major city. I feel like with skyscrapers, you feel like closed in. But in D.C., I feel like I can kind of breathe Do a little bit. Do you enjoy
4: bit. paying $13 for a beer at any bar in D.C.? No,
2: no, no, of course not. See, that's where – see, Baltimore's got a great bar scene, and I definitely like that. Um, but, yeah, it's – I don't know. They're both – wonderful in their own ways. Baltimore's got a lot of great stuff. Like North Baltimore, I used to work up at a, on TV Hill right outside Hamden and like oh, Hamden's you know, fantastic. You know. Hamden's fantastic. The, the avenue is mm-hmm. there's so much good food there. The best Italian food I've ever had was on the avenue. This place called Grano's. Oh um, yeah,
3: you know
4: it.
2: Dude. Dude, Grano's and then the ice cream place that's there, the Charm, Charmery.
0: Yes. Oh, okay. So you yeah, you definitely are are oh, for yeah. that. And
2: and tons of great record stores there. I collect records, so there's like four or five great record stores within
4: the like, area. I, yeah, you're, you're. It already sounds like a meetup is inevitable at this point. Have so, you been to, uh, absolutely
0: have you been to Polly G's? there, are the pizza place. Oh, no, I haven't heard of Polly G's. Oh my no, where's that at? It's right near the Charmery. Uh it's, uh, really? it's like a block or two down. It's. We oh. went one time, it was like a two-hour wait, and we ended up waiting it out. <laughs> it's like Is really it... good, like Italian brick oven pizza. Like it's, Wow. It's...
2: Have you guys been to Luigi's on the Avenue? We're going to alienate the entire audience <laughs> that's listening. It's yeah. not from Baltimore. We're just going to – let's yeah. just talk – you know what? Scrap everything. Let's just talk about Baltimore food record. <laughs> Seriously, though, Luigi's on the Avenue, the best sandwich you'll ever get in your life. Like they're they're only open for lunch uh but that's how you know a place is good oh yeah they're they have a meatball so they have a meatball sub like a normal meatball sub or they have this thing they call the meatball chub which mm-hmm. is half a loaf no a full loaf of bread that's been like jammed full with meatball and sauce and it's like this monstrosity that nobody could eat in one sitting but it's delicious
4: damn i know where i'm gonna
2: go for lunch well
0: you know so ben i i, I have to kind of Share something here yeah. that I, you know, where you can like in your Google maps, you can like heart a place that you mm, actually, mm-hmm. you know, where you want to like yeah. visit. I only have about six or seven in there. It's a very hard list to get yeah. into on, the, on my Google maps. I'm going to put Luigi's on there, which means that means it's, it's going to happen.
1: It's yeah, the, man. Let
0: me report
2: back. Let me know what you think. It's it's on the avenue in like part of the avenue, probably like a block or so from the Charmery. Uh, It's in like, there's like some row houses and it's just like the top part of a row house. The below it is like some weird novelty store where like you can get like Catholic prayer candles for the golden girls or something like that. Oh, (laughs) Really Uh, weird. uh, uh, Like a perfect
4: perfect appetizer before I get a sandwich.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Or like a coffee mug with like Mr. Rogers on it and his sweater changes colors when you pour coffee in it. Like that kind (laughs) of stuff is in the novelty store below. But then, yeah, Luigi's up on top. They've got a sandwich called the Roma. It's like sausage and peppers and Parmesan cheese, and it's it's a life changing sandwich. Well, I you can't believe six minutes good. in,
4: six minutes into this podcast, we haven't talked any baseball. This might be a record. What is?
2: Yeah, actually, I was gonna ask, what is baseball? Because I'm not. Uh, <laughs> that is something we probably should have talked about that before the show. But
0: uh... <laughs> no, see, you know what? Like I could talk food all day. Like I food is that's one of my biggest passions. Yeah, man. So <laughs> I'm all for it. I think that's, I mean, the only thing is I'm hungry now, but it's okay. I'm going <laughs> to quench that with talking some baseball. I mean, yeah, it's a it. mouthful we've got to talk about here. And of course, it was the MLB trade deadline, right? The, is it fair to say the biggest trade deadline of our lifetime? Would you say, Ben? You know, it's funny, like when it was starting and
2: like a bunch of deals were being made, there were people. So I was, <laughs> when the trade deadline happened, like the day that all this stuff was going on, Or the second half of this is a Friday. I was hosting an AMA on Reddit, and like I had somebody ask me right off the bat, they were like, "Is this like the biggest trade deadline you've ever seen?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, it's definitely up there." And then at the end of the day, I was like, "No, this is the biggest trade deadline I've ever seen. This is insane." Like I always feel like there's kind of recency bias where like you you don't remember how crazy past trade deadlines were, but uh, yeah, without a doubt, this was. A wild trade deadline. It was hard. And, and the to thing, up. and the
4: thing is, like all insiders were in it. Like Kylie McDaniel, Jeff Passen, Oh yeah, uh, John Haven, Like everyone is breaking stories. It's not oh, just yeah. like, one person breaking. Even them all.
2: uh even Jeff Passon. Oh yeah, Jeff Passen. Jeff Uh Yeah, fooling Bob Nightingale into thinking Chris Bryant was uh going to the Yankees, or was it Chris Bryant? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. People still love that oh yeah oh i've done it i've done it i i get excited about you know someone puts up a fake orioles account and says the orioles do so i like a couple months ago um someone put up a fake tweet that like the orioles had traded matt harvey for uh to the nats for drew mendoza and like for a half second i was just like oh wait no
0: (laughs) i even retweeted it i was like this is a mail nope nope never mind (laughs) So you got night. I, I would. They should just like make it from like you got nightingale or something. like that. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was nuts. Tons oh, of yeah. new players on the move. Tons of young guys that are getting opportunities now. It's it's a mm-hmm. lot to break down. But we got to break down who we feel are the winners of this deadline and who are the losers. And it could be teams. It could be players. It could be whatever you want. Honestly, there's no rules in uh in this house. So however you want to go with this. So Ben, I'll yeah. go with you first. Who is your first winner of this trade deadline? So I think uh one the first winner I thought
2: of is someone who actually did not get traded, which is Trevor Story. Um, I feel this is for fantasy per now, real life, Trevor Story should have gotten traded. And the fact that he mm-hmm. wasn't traded was really weird. And if I were a Rockies fan, I'd be uh upset, which I kind of I guess that's just baseline for Rockies fans is upset at the organization. Yeah. But um for fantasy purposes i think trevor story not getting traded is great because that means he gets to stay in cores field which is always a good thing like his i don't like to dive too deep into guys numbers away from cores because i uh got burned on that when dj LeMayhu became a yankee and i was like well his numbers away from cores aren't that great and then he like had an incredible season so but Trevor Story is not especially good away from Coors. He hits 242 with a 437 slugging away from Coors. So, just the fact that he gets to stay in the best hitters' park in baseball for half of his remaining games is, if I'm a Trevor Story owner, I'm very happy that he did not get traded.
0: No, I think it's a good point, too, is everybody's going to point as the Rockies as losers. But in reality, you're right. Like for fantasy wise, it is a winner for Trevor if You have him because. Oh, yeah. we seem kind of with Nolan Arenado that he's kind of dropped off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, from what he was doing in Colorado. Yeah, it's like I mean, there's a little bit of a drop expected there. So uh, I know I, I 100% agree with that. Doc, where are you going for your first one?
4: My first winner is the Braves. And I think for a few reasons. One, I think a lot of people thought their season was over after Acuna. They replenished that outfield. They got Eddie Rosario for Pablo Sandoval. They got Adam Duvall bringing him back. They got Jorge Soler. They got Richard Rodriguez. So they revamped the bullpen a little bit. They completely revamped the outfield and they still have one of the most dangerous hitting lineups. Remember, Soler hit 48 home or 46 home runs a couple of years ago, which led to AL. But also, the reason I'm saying them is because of the rest of the division, the Nets and the Marlins tanked. You know, they got rid of Starlet and the Marlins got rid of Marte. The Nets got rid of everyone relevant besides Soto. That's two less teams they have to compete with. The Phillies, their main acquisitions were Kyle Gibson, who's lost a little bit of his shine compared to what he was earlier this year, and Ian Kennedy, which, you know, is one piece in the bullpen. The Mets got Javi Baez, but I think Javi Baez sometimes is more of a name than actual production with how high a K rate he has. So I think the Braves, because half the division got worse, which is teams they'll probably be playing a lot, and because of the talent upgrade.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely think that they were able to get a talent upgrade. They definitely look like they're trying to get back in contention. I can see where you're going with that. My first one I have is winners. Any young Cubs player? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's be honest. Let's start yeah. with the fact that you have, you know, Ortega there and you uh you have uh, Patrick Wisdom there. Both guys are getting everyday at bats there. Then you also you lost obviously some cornerstones of your franchise, but you got Pete Crow Armstrong who is one of the top prospects in all of baseball in the Javi Baez trade. And then you also were able to get a couple of nice pitchers from the Yankees for Anthony Rizzo, obviously a couple other young players for Chris Bryant. But then again, the, the real benefit, Nico Horner and uh, and Nick Madrigal now are going to be your middle infield of the future. I mean, they have a lot of young pieces there. It's not like they didn't like start that rebuild. They they have a lot of young players that are going to get a lot of playing time. And if I'm a Cubs fan, I'm actually excited because they were kind of, I think, at the point where that, that window, that championship window was closed. And they need to bring in a new crop of talent. And they did that. And, you know, the again, the Ortega was probably, I think, Everybody that plays high stakes leagues were, were I know cursing when he hit three home runs on Sunday because he wasn't gonna be cheap anymore. And uh Patrick Wisdom again has shown power. Obviously his plate discipline needs a little bit of work, but uh I'm I'm excited for I think all these young's cub players, they have to be real winners in this.
2: Wisdom's especially a great call. I I I love that he's not even all that young. He's twenty nine, believe it or not. Oh wow. Um yeah. is beyond his years. Yeah, that's right. Well he uh so I actually uh Probably a month ago or so, when he was like hitting a home run every single game i uh I wrote a piece on him, and uh I thought the the average is definitely gonna come down with him like he's hitting two seventy eight that's not gonna happen in my opinion uh he's got a three seventy nine BABIP, so that's he's slow, so that's not gonna stick, but the guy has power and has had power even when he was in the minors like the the power is totally legit. And that's gonna continue being here. The guy's got a sixteen and a half percent barrel rate right now. He can crush the ball. So he definitely has fantasy value and now that he's getting every day at bats, I love it. Like I I want Patrick wisdom in maybe not like ten team leagues, but deeper than that for sure.
0: And he's also, I mean, if you look at it, he actually cut his K percentage down from forty two to thirty five percent. So maybe he's you know, getting that K percentage down is always a good mm. thing. He's got three stolen bases, uh, you know, across about 200 plate appearances. So, you know, maybe in a, in a best case scenario, he gets you close to 10 stolen bases in his full season, which.
3: Not that for a first baseman.
0: You know what?
2: Actually, I'm looking at his sprint speed. He's not slow. His sprint speed, he's at uh, 28 uh, feet per second, which is uh, good. at 75th percentile. So
0: that's he's actually faster than I thought he was.
2: So and maybe also- he get some speed. Yeah.
0: And he's also got uh, third base. He can play left field, right field, so he might uh-huh. give you multi-position eligibility. A lot of great young players on that Cubs team. But let's go to our second winner, and, and James... Or better call it <laughs> Ben Palmer. I don't know where that James came from. You know, James- that's
2: funny. James is my middle name, and uh, my dad's name is James. He's My dad's name is Jim Palmer, which has always been fun in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone was like, you're Jim Palmer. Like, not that Jim. We, we had... Uh, quick aside. We had a game. A uh, we celebrated his 40th birthday. Uh, almost 20 years ago, or was 20 years ago. Uh, at uh the Bowie Baysox, double A affiliate for the Orioles, mm-hmm. and uh as part of his birthday, he got to throw out the first pitch. And so my mom was arranging for this, and she said, "Yeah, we and for his birthday, we wanted to say happy birthday on the screen." They're like, sure. What do you want him to say? And she said, oh, just happy birthday, Jim Palmer. And the Baysox people were like, "What, you, Jim?" <laughs> jim palmer is coming it did jim the jim palmer is coming to throw the first pitch and my mom's like no no not not that jim palmer a different jim palmer and i can't help but thinking that like everybody at the Sox game looked up and saw on the screen said happy birthday jim palmer here to throw out the first pitch is jim palmer and everyone went oh (laughs) (laughs) Has
4: as your dad met
2: the Jim, the real jim palmer yes so um my dad met him told me he met him uh, well they they met him a couple times one time uh my parents actually uh ran him ran him into him with a door on their way out from a restaurant (laughs) Um, but the only time they've actually introduced each other uh to each other was in the 70s my dad went to see him and he was like signing autographs at something and uh his my dad's sister was went up to him was like
1: his name's Jim
2: Palmer too, and and it's Jim like the Spider Man meme in real yeah. life. Well, Jim Palmer, the pitcher, was like cool, like he just just did not like cool. I guess whatever, totally. Yeah, it. I feel like I don't know. It, it's uh, I don't know if if I met a if I was like famous and I met another Ben Palmer, I would think that was cool. But whatever, it's Jim Palmer. He's kind of like in his own world all of the time. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> but I just I think <laughs> of the. I just keep thinking of like the NFL broadcasts. Um, what is it? Uh, who's the uh, Giants quarterback's name? I'm just escaping when he was like, "I don't think so, Jim." And Chris Chris yeah, <laughs> yeah, be like, "Oh, oh, Chris Collinsworth." No, no, that's not Chris Collinsworth. Phil Simms. Phil Simms. Yeah, Phil Simms. you like, I don't know, there, Jim." I'm just like, for some reason,
3: <laughs> with all the dreams, it's just that's what's popping in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, so, so James man, is not Eddie.
0: far off. James is not far off. <laughs> my brain knew. My brain knew something. I just somehow, just, man. Mouth, somehow. There we go. well, uh, who's your second winner?
2: So my second winner is Josiah Gray. I was actually really excited that he got moved to the Nats because uh, he finally like gets to just be in the Nats rotation. Now they have no reason not to just stick him in there and just have him start. And he gets to start instead of like floating around in Dodger purgatory forever, like waiting for some one of the like 50 top pitching prospects the Dodgers have to like get injured or something. So he gets to pitch, which is great. And he's got some nasty stuff. He was, uh, his debut with the Nats, he was pretty decent. Um, you know, only had like two strikeouts, but he showed off his good stuff. He has a great fastball, nasty curveball, nice changeup. Um, the only concern, uh, Nick, actually Nick Pollock of Mm Pitchlist, mentioned this on Twitter. Um, and, and I, I do, he knows pitching mechanics better than almost anybody I know. And he expressed concern about uh, Gray's windup because Gray does this thing where he kind of bends down his back leg pretty low to the ground while he in his motion. And Nick's concern was that could make that that's difficult to balance. So that could make him kind of either rush or drag his release point, making him kind of inconsistent with his location. I don't know if that's going to be a consistent concern but if nick's concerned about it then i'm concerned about it (laughs) uh because i just i trust his judgment but um even still i gray's got some pretty nasty stuff and he's going to be able to just keep pitching so i'm i'm really excited to uh see what he can do
0: yeah i mean he's going to get every opportunity in that rotation that rotation's uh, you know led by the injured steven strasburg the ineffective patrick corbin The, yeah. in the Joe Ross, that's Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, there's there's plenty of opportunities for him to be in that rotation. And, and oh yeah, there's to grow.
2: there's no reason not to. Like it's Corbin and like what Paulo Espino, like okay. Eric Fetty, Eric Fetty, yeah, Eric Fetty like Fetty who what? You, <laughs> Like who are you? Like I don't see the Nats being like, well, we really got to get some Eric Fetty starts. So I think we need to keep grade. Like no, they're gonna no, no, throw no, him out there. Of course, they
4: gotta get Eric Fetty starts because they want to tank now. <laughs> well, that's true. But, yeah, I mean, I
2: think uh, Gray's got some nasty stuff and definitely has ace potential down the road. So I'm excited to see what he can do.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great call. And I'll just throw in there also his uh, his battery mate there, uh, Mr. Ruiz himself. Uh, it, I think it's Kybert. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kybert or Keybert. I actually don't know. Um,
2: so here's the weird thing with him is, like, I don't know why he's not starting a catcher, like, tomorrow. Cause he's clearly been very good in triple a. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't think the Nats are like enamored with like Riley Adams or, or uh, Trey Barrera or whoever else they've got at catcher. So like, why the this St. Kyber Ruiz is the same age as uh gray. I think they're about 23 or whatever. Why on earth wouldn't you just put him back there? I mean, maybe it's a service time thing. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know why he's not like starting a catcher now just to see what he can do. Cause he's clearly
0: crushing triple a, I would be willing to bet he'll get called up at some point. Oh like...
2: yeah. I'd be shocked if he isn't, which is why I think in like deeper leagues, I think he's a nice little stash because catcher is an absolute dumpster fire of a position. So if you can find a guy who can actually produce at catcher, then yeah, he's, he's worth a stash if you've got the bench for it. But I mean, the guy's hitting three eleven. 381-631 in AAA in 52 games. Like, he's a great he's, contact hitter, too. Yeah, he's ready. Like, <laughs> But, yeah, no, I think that's a great call. Ruiz is
4: great. Uh, Doc, who's your second winner? So, for me, it's Clayton Kershaw, and, and roll with me on this. So, there was something that came out yesterday that he's not going to throw and won't be doing so until his forearm pain subsides because he was originally supposed to have a simulated game on Sunday. Now imagine if the Dodgers don't make that trade for Scherzer and he goes to the Padres like Ken Rosenthal originally reported. So you have the Giants and you have the Padres making moves. The Giants are already leading the division. The bat or the uh, Dodgers probably won't have Trevor Bauer pitching this year, which means they have a depleted rotation led by Walker Buehler, uh, Julio Urias, uh Tony Gonsolin. There would have been more pressure on him to come back, I think. So, I think with the acquisition of Max Scherzer, you have another arm there that can eat innings. It's another veteran pitcher there. You don't have to rush his rehab, and in the playoffs there's going to be less pressure on him, I think if he does return. So, I think the the Dodgers trading for another ace in Scherzer allows Kershaw to take the time that he needs. Hopefully or most likely LA gets in the postseason. And now I think that, you know, hey, if there's a win winner-all game game 7, you roll out Scherzer instead of Kershaw, where he wasn't always performing in the clutch.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I think most of the time we hear the Dodgers, we think of oh! it's a bunch of injury and pain. <laughs> uh, Dodgeritis. Yeah, so I mean, I, I agree with you. In re- for real, I've, obviously it's a loser for fantasy, but in real life, yeah. what you're referencing, it, it is good for the Dodgers overall to be able to allow him to rest and be ready for the playoffs. So I agree with do you that think,
2: call. Uh, do you think this might, I kind of wonder now, do you think maybe with these injuries and all, maybe David Price gets some more starts or something? Because, I mean, he's
4: there. We were talking about this last week, and I said, I think David Price is the guy that is effective for three innings. Like, you have in a middle mm. relief role or you have in, like, the, the opener. I think any time he's going to go four or five, that's when you're going to see him less effective the second or third time around the lineup. I don't. Yeah. I just don't think he's that guy anymore. Like, he took the entire last year off. He doesn't throw as hard anymore. His his delivery, I think, was partly what was so deceptive about him in the past. Yeah. I think to maximize his effectiveness, you have him as an opener, you have him as a long reliever if your starter gets shelled. Yeah, I think that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I was just wondering, I'm like, well, if Kershaw's hurt and they need some starters, David Price is there. But yeah,
0: that, that makes sense. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Can never know anything with the Dodgers, honestly. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a nightmare. I I hate owning Dodgers pitchers. <laughs> I'll throw one more in here. Uh, that another winner is the Minnesota Twins, and I'm in an, I'm an in the closet Twins fan. I don't usually <laughs> like post too much about it on Twitter or anything. In the closet uh,
4: Twins fan, I love but, it. But uh,
0: a year and a half of Burrios netted Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson, both both top fifty prospects. And uh, to get that type of haul when the, the Nats had to include Trey Turner to even get any prospects worthy to uh, to get back from the Dodgers here. Um, you know, you have a guy that in Simeon Woods Richardson that is going to be hopefully uh, maybe a number two starter for us at some point. Martin was, I believe, the number five pick in the draft. Um, he's he's going to be a stud for us. I think we're going to play him in multiple positions. A, a good high average guy when he debuts probably. Uh, I, I just... I'm very excited for that return for only a year and a half of Barrios. And Barrios is a very average pitcher. He's, no,
1: no, for fantasy, no.
0: For fantasy, he's like a, a number three starter. And and I'm, I said this on the SP Streamer podcast when I went on the other day, that I said, this is the point where you need to sell Jose Barrios. His value will go down. He starts against the Red Sox on Friday. And I read his stats against the entire AL East. And uh, for our listeners, I don't know if I've actually read that on our pod. So, for those that want to know, this is her, his stats against the ALEs, Okay, so against the Orioles, he's six and zero, two nine four ERA in his career. Which that's obviously it's Baltimore, but against Ouch. the rest of the oh, division, my he, heart. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's right. You're an it's Orioles. Fair. It's fair. It's fair. But you know, still um, hurts.
0: <laughs> against the rest of the division in his career, zero five with a four nine three ERA against Boston. Against the Yankees, one and two with a five seven nine ERA. Against Tampa Bay in four starts, zero oh and two with a seven one five ERA. So, as you know, MLB likes to make it where they schedule all the a lot of the division games at the end of the season. So, if there's a tight race in the division, they can battle it out, right? So, that's going to be a lot of the games he's going to have in the stretch when you're in your fantasy playoffs. So, I'm telling you right now, he just beat up on the Royals that he always beats up on. He's going against Boston, I believe, in Fenway on Friday. After that start, his value's taking a hit. And it's gonna keep taking a hit the rest of the season. So I'm telling you, if you have him, you've got to sell him now. David, don't dampen my love for him. <laughs> I'm just saying what like it is. He's a if you look at his like X Fip, his X FIP is usually like in the high threes, and it could be even sometimes in the low fours now, depending with the, the worst environment, better hitting teams in the AL East. Uh I've never been a big Rios is a solid number two, number three starter. He's not an ace. And I think he gets hyped up a little bit more in it's the because he's and, yeah, he Yeah, I mean he's got. Oh, he has cool one of the, the prettiest pitches you'll ever watch. Yeah, in that curveball. But it's
2: it's kind of weird because like that curveball is gorgeous, but you would think it would have better swing and miss numbers than it does, and it never really has. Like even like this year, it's got a thirty one point one percent chase rate and a fifteen percent swinging strike rate. Both of which are are very good, like solid numbers, but not like, you know, incredible, ridiculous numbers. You got I, I, the way his curveball is, and as frequently as he uses it, I almost expected to have like a like a forty percent chase, twenty percent swinging strike or something like that. But it's a it is a good swing and miss pitch, not an elite swing and miss pitch. But it still you know it still works for him, and you know he's got that three three one ERA comes with a three five four FIP three, seven, two Sierra. So, um, yeah, I could see, I could definitely see this being a sell high moment, uh, especially with him moving to the AL East where he's going to get to play in a whole bunch of hitter friendly parks, uh, a lot more often in Camden
0: Yards and
2: Yankee stadium and Fenway.
3: Yeah, it's going to be, uh,
0: it's going to be a, obviously well, I'd be right. Well, you know, or maybe this year's different. I don't know, but that, that's at least how I feel about it. Mm. But we're talking about Jose Burrios being a loser. We have to go to the losers, I guess. That's <laughs> technically my first one there. So, Ben, who is a loser of this trade deadline? Uh a combo of Liam Hendricks and Craig
2: Kimbrell. Um, oh, I was thinking about saying that. I'm glad yeah. I didn't. For fantasy purposes, um, I think the move was great for the White Sox. I, I mean, it makes their bullpen ridiculous, but they came out right after the trade and basically said the two of them are going to say, uh, share save opportunities. Um, You know, whether Hendricks or Kimbrell gets first shot at those save opportunities depends on which baseball analyst you're talking to. Cause it just, it, no one knows. I kind of lean towards, I think Hendricks will get first shot and Kimbrell kind of becomes his setup man. But again, I think they'll both get save opportunities and It's just, it hurts their fantasy value because they're not going to get every save opportunity out there. And, you know, you just, you have to own them. I think you still own them. They're, you know, going to put up good ERA and strikeout numbers. Um, and if you're in a save plus hold league, then you're fine. But if you're in a save only league, that definitely hurts, uh, their value for you.
0: Yeah. I I mean, Craig Kimbrell has been a revelation. People were you know, some people that were able to target him where he was going in drafts and even benefits. And now uh, if you're on the saves and holds league, you're kind of like scrambling, like you can't drop him, but you're, you're saves yeah. are taking a hit. Uh, I'll even just add to that. If you have someone like Kendall Graveman too, like just closers in general, right? Like Kendall Graveman, I was one of the guys producing for me in TGFBI as far as my saves, him and Iglesias were two of my biggest guys. And now he's in Houston. Now he's not even rosterable anymore. Uh, pretty much where he is like, Uh, you know, Paul Seawald was making a big splash. And now Diego Castillo's taking that away from him right after you thought he was going to be the closer. So uh, the White Sox, I think, definitely are the headline for sure uh, with that situation. But I think a lot of these closers that you had, obviously, there will be new ones that get rolls. But uh, the ones that you had been kind of either used a lot of money on or uh, had been banking on and riding a little bit now, you have to kind of scramble and and find it other places now. So Yeah, for sure. Um, Doc, what about you?
4: Well, so that was going to be my second one, but since we're kind of on the topic of it, for me, it's the Mariners. I don't really understand their reasoning behind the trade deadline. They traded Graveman and Rafael Montero for Abraham Toro, who I've never been a fan of, and Joe Smith. They then got Tyler Anderson and Diego Castillo, but the reason I say they're the losers is because of the chemistry. Like Kendall Graveman was very emotional getting traded, and it was not a popular move in the clubhouse. This is the quote from CBS Sports, and they're – They're saying how after the trade, there were players bashing equipment, um, you know, breaking stuff in the dugouts. And this is a quote from an anonymous player that asked to be off the record. Are you effing kidding me? It never changes. They don't care about winning. Dot, dot, dot. It never changes. And they said the word thrown around there most was betrayed. If your players are feeling betrayed That's not bode well for the long term of the organization. And it's not even like the Mariners are very well run. We're coming up on 20 years that they haven't even made the postseason. Keep in mind, there was expanded playoffs last year. So you have that drought. You have an owner, DePoto, that has a reputation for being cheap and for being stuck in his ways. And now you have current players that are coming out, obviously afraid to speak on the record, but are damaging equipment and saying, look, nothing changes. They don't care about winning. What person is going to want to sign there long-term, especially seeing how they're handling Jared Kelnick? I just think whatever reasoning the Mariners had behind the trade wasn't good. They didn't handle it well, and it's really going to cripple them in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, so the, the one thing I will say is I think the owner, Jerry DePoto, I, I get the impression from what I've heard that he's kind of like a Billy Bean Kind of thing. And he doesn't go and, and talk with the players. He's very much just, he's like, look, we're separated. You know, I'm going to be. He's done player. very well for them. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I i think that's. he, he shouldn't that's change he anything. He shouldn't change that's he, anything. That's the way he's been operating. And I think if he'd went down there and explained to Graveman, and gave him some type of heads up and, like, talked to him a man to man, I think that could have helped settle it a little bit.
4: But, but he also traded to, him in the division. That's what you a lot do. Of have to, you do the
0: one thing I will say for everybody questioning, and then Ben. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, too. Yeah. They traded a guy who, number one, was a free agent after this year. Two, if you look at the spin rates on his pitches and his overall effectiveness, they've drastically decreased uh, since the Sticky Stuff ban. And it looked like he had become kind of a little bit more what he'd been his whole career. He was starting to trend in that direction. Number three, you got a guy in Abraham Toro who has a 16% strikeout rate, which is insane. And you have, I think, believe four or five years of control for him. And he's shown that every single stop that he's been at, when he's gotten playing time, he's been effective. I think, yes, the ownership needs, or like the the GM, they need to to get a better relationship. I think that aspect is a hundred percent true. But as far as the actual trades, uh, I think it was. I actually have to say, I applaud the moves he made, just not the way he did it. I don't know how you feel, Ben.
2: Yeah, I think. The trade itself, especially in light of them later getting uh, Diego Castillo, I think it's fine. You know, it's weird. So, Graveman to Castillo, it it almost feels like a lateral move, which, um, you know, I would say they're roughly equal. Uh, But, on the flip side, they get... um, they get some players in return. They get um, the Graven was the Abraham Toro trade, right? I, there were so many trades. I lost track of all of them. I actually, I don't, I guess it kind of depends on how you feel about Abraham Toro. Like, is he a guy who is all power and nothing else? Then, you know, that's not super great. But if he's a guy who you think can develop a decent batting average hit for good power and be, you know, decent in the field, then, you know, that's not too, and then you kind of, maintain your level of bullpen efficiency with castillo you know it's not too bad i i don't know i definitely don't think i definitely think the way it was handled was very poor Mm -hmm. and that's definitely unfortunately that's the thing that's going to be getting the headlines and that sucks and and that's all on depoto for sure yeah Uh, he should have handled that much better the cold pure like analysis of the move i don't think it was necessarily a, a bad move uh because they got Castillo and kind of evened out the bullpen a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um, let's do two more. I'll I'll bring up one, and then, Ben, I'd love to hear your last one here. I have the San Diego Padres on this list, and I'll tell you guys why. Because you look at it, obviously they brought Adam Frazier in. That's a great move. He's a great contact hitter, hitting the top of that lineup, and they're going to shift guys around to you know maximize their best against opposing hand pitchers, whatever the case may be. But they lost out on Max Scherzer, and they really lost out on Max Scherzer, like to the point where they said he was going there and then all of a sudden he wasn't. And you did not get Jose Barrios either. You didn't get another impact starting pitcher to join that rotation. Now, they lost him Max Scherzer to somebody they're competing for a wild card spot with right now. It adds more reason why it's bad. Then you also just lost Fernando Tatis and if you had went to acquire Trevor Story, then it might not have been a big issue. Or you were able to get Chris Bryant. They didn't get anybody. So they lost their Potentially could lose Tatis for the year if they say after the ten days that he doesn't look much better. They already reported that, so
3: I think there's really big losers in this case. But that's just my thought.
2: No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it would have been funny if we were both just absolutely silent for like a solid <laughs> like, like thirty like, oh, geez, seconds so and just like,
0: hmm,
2: <laughs> I just want to soak that in. Uh, no, I, I. That's that's a good point. The Padres didn't really make, uh any huge moves that I remember. But again, there was like about 30,000 trades within Mm -hmm. 24 hours. So maybe they did. And I forgot, but yeah, I mean, especially with man, especially with Tatis going down and maybe having season ending surgery. I mean, that's just, that's a massive blow to them. And then on top of that, you've got, you know, Blake Snell hasn't been nearly as effective as they would have wanted him to be or Chris Paddock. And I mean, there's definitely some glaring, uh, holes in that team for sure a team that has clearly world series aspirations uh compared compared to the dodgers who very much short up their rotation uh and made some good moves so yeah i can i can definitely see that
0: it's very tough and i feel i'm not a padres fan by any means but i know they've been through so many years of mediocrity and yeah and uh, it's it's fun it was fun to see them become relevant and it seems like they can't get over this hump uh, so it's And they're such difficult.
2: a fun team. They're such mm-hmm. a fun team to watch too. Like they're just I I I really hope that MLB looks at how much publicity and how much people love the Padres. Uh and and sees that it's because they're having fun and showing emotion and, and having a team full of different personalities mm-hmm. because I think that's nothing but great for the game. And if every single team acted like the Padres, I think baseball would be hugely popular. I mean, I think it would do wonders for the game. So i I've been kind of rooting for them a little bit, you know. I even though I still feel a little scorned by Manny Machado, um, but uh, I I've been kind of rooting for the Padres because they're just so much fun to watch. God, I hate the Dodgers. I really do. I just the <laughs> Yankees of the West, man. I, yeah. So, so yeah, I I would. I really hope the Padres uh, make it far, far in the playoffs, but having not having Tatis, if that happens in the playoffs, it just, not only will it obviously hurt the offense, it just won't feel the same. You know, like it just, yeah. it won't feel like the same Padre. I feel like he's like the heart of that team, and I mean, just it's, not having him would suck. It's just like losing Ben Palmer from this podcast. Exactly. Exactly. That is a great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect one to one analogy yeah, right it. there.
0: You're the Fernando Tatis of <laughs> podcasters that we just we uh, got your services tonight. So let's, let's finish it out. We were, yeah. let's be a Debbie downer one more time. Who's the last loser you want to bring up here? Uh, for me, it would be Luke Voigt. Um, he's on a rehab
2: assignment now. Like he just hit a home run the other day. He's going to be healthy soon and has nowhere to play. Like at all. He, I mean, with Rizzo there at first base, you know, gallows, uh, and outfields, uh, guy now and you know so that you know Stanton can kind of stay at dh i i don't know where luke Voit plays like at all and he's not going to get any consistent playing time uh i mean unless somehow they he's never played anywhere else but first base he played one inning of right field once and that's it so you know when he's back and healthy i i don't know i don't know where he plays at all and so that just destroys any hope of fantasy value that he had i was Kinda of hoping he'd get traded uh and just have an opportunity somewhere else once they got Rizzo, but I guess not, so yeah i it sucks, I like Voigt a lot, I think he's a great hitter and uh and can have a lot of great fantasy value, but
4: I just don't see how he's gonna play like at all. Can I be a Debbie downer for one more thing, yeah, yeah on the subject? From a fan perspective, I think the biggest loser are the older fans of Nats and Cubs. And David, I think about someone like our dad. Like the team sold. They're going to be in full rebuild. Obviously, you've got to see a team win the championship in the Nats 2019, the Cubs 2016. But if you're older, you probably think, hey, this team, their best chances of winning another World Series aren't going to happen anytime soon. And I feel like as a fan that has been following a team for a while, that's got to be depressing, knowing that in your lifetime, you probably won't see them be competitive. That's, mm. a, that's a good point. That's actually, yeah,
0: that that's actually hits me pretty hard, the way you worded it. Like I that. hadn't thought about that. That's, yeah, man, that's that's
4: tough. I, I You know, I, it was just being Debbie Downer, like, look. It's, no, 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 it's no, no I, think
2: that's a, I, I think that's a great point. And it's, you know, we can be Debbie Downers. We can kind of soak in the uncomfortable weirdness that that is because it it, it's we gave a
4: warning we gave a warning yeah it
2: it it made me think of um my my grandparents were orioles fans from like you know the 40s 50s i guess 54s when the orioles came to baltimore um and they've been orioles fans forever and i remember just they never uh they got to see my uh not, my grandfather died before the Orioles were good, but my grandmother, her last year she was alive was the year the Orioles made it to the ALCS. And I was living with her uh, at the time, and it was so cool to be able to have her, let her, you know, to be with her as she got to experience that one last time. Because, God, the Orioles had been so bad for so long up to that point. I mean, at, up until the year before, they hadn't made the playoffs since like 1997. And then like 20, what was it, 2012, I think, was their first playoffs. 2013. So they finally made it to the ALCS and it was super exciting. And, you know, obviously that didn't work out well, but, you know, getting to see that. So, yeah, I can I can imagine that's that's kind of tough to sit there and think like, you know, this team is five, six years at best away from being competitive, not even World Series winning competitive. And if you're a Chicago fan, you're looking at the Bears. If you're a football fan, like, mm. <laughs> not looking great mm-hmm. all around. <laughs> the Bulls, though. The Bulls. The got... Bulls, though. Yeah, that starting five is. Let's do a I basketball like podcast now. <laughs> hey, we'll get you on our basketball. Yeah, one. You're on the right place. There, there you go. I'm well, I'm, well, I'm right. a long suffering Wizards fan, so I. Can't...
4: Hey! Oh yeah, yeah. We got you on. We got you Dude. on, Ben. It,
2: it, we'll, we'll, we'll,
4: we'll DM. We'll DM. Just, We're just real quick,
2: podcast. real quick, like two words. Rust trade was it good or bad what do you think it's good i agree
0: i agree i, I, I became a basketball that. casual because i spent so much time in football and baseball so now yeah. I, i'm just very surface level with my knowledge these days um <laughs> uh, but great discussion about yeah. all that stuff yeah man we will uh now head to a little fun here and starting off with the question of the week <laughs> All right. Our question of the week, of course, is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. We are official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the triple play fantasy brand, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code triple play and get up to $50 of your deposit match when you become a new user and you use that code. So, our question this week now, Ben, I do not know. Do you have any kids? I have two sons, uh, they are uh, 10 and 5. So this question applies the same for all of us, because we all don't have a daughter. But if we did,
1: who, <laughs> yes, uh,
0: who would you which MLB player would you be okay dating your daughter? Uh,
2: who, yeah, so go ahead and take it away. To me, the answer is exceptionally easy. And the answer is Brett Phillips. That why, man why is it Brett Phillips? Brett Phillips? I don't know if you've paid much attention to Brett Phillips, but that man is just a joy of a human being. He is like the thing I love about Brett Phillips is that he is never he's never too uh, into the baseball game like he he is and he's serious about it. But like there's always this attitude with Brett Phillips of we're just having fun. Like we're just goofing around. We're playing a game, whatever. This is this is fun. Like literally uh, last night um, he went to catch a foul ball that landed in the stands and like scared this woman who was sitting there because he was like running at her. And after it landed foul, he like checked on her and like patted her on the head and was like talking with her real quick, just mid game. He did the, um, if you haven't seen the video of when he pitched in a raised blowout loss, it's the best thing ever. Cause he was just being a total goofball in front of, tens of thousands of people, well, it was Tropicana, so thousands of people and <laughs> and all the people watching, and he was like doing like goofy wind ups and like just being a total dork and just having so much fun. He is the most free human being I have ever seen play baseball. He is a hundred percent purely himself, uh and he just seems like the nicest person on the planet i I routinely will watch his uh The game was a game six where he hit that uh, double to uh, the outfield to uh, Mm -hmm. in the World Series that scored Randy Rosarino to win the game. Yeah, it's just that that moment to me is like why I love baseball, because you get a guy like Brett Phillips who is batting like 200 and is like the worst person to have up at the plate at that moment. And he hits a double, and he's like airplaning out in the field, and everyone's tackling him, and he's laughing and having fun. It just—it's beautiful. But yeah, he's just—he's a delightful human being, and strikes me as like the nicest person on the planet. So absolutely, he could date my hypothetical daughter.
0: A lot. It's a great way. I mean, the
4: reasoning, and it, it, I, it sounds, sounds like. It- it sounds like a TV show. I want you to date my. <laughs> yeah, I
2: mean,
4: dude, no I want to. I, I want to date Brett Phillips.
1: That man is—he's
2: like just the best human being. I I wish he was on the Orioles. I also wish he was a better hitter. He's just not a very good, great <laughs> fielder. But he's like a two hundred hitter who maybe steals twenty bases. And I'm worried that he's like not going to be in the majors for very long. But
4: God, that's he's why he's impressive. enjoying it.
2: He also strongly recommend, look up on YouTube, Brett Phillips laughing. He has the goofiest, weirdest laugh you will ever hear. He sounds like a walrus. It's a walrus. it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, it, that's the best way I can describe it. But strongly oh recommend God. looking up videos of teammates telling him jokes.
0: <laughs> I'll be looking that up after the show for sure. Yeah. Uh, Doc, who's your answer?
4: So I have a few ones. Um, so Freddie Freeman is married but Freddie Freeman just seems. Like that was one of mine. That's a good call. He he just seems like a really nice guy. Like yeah, I, I don't know if that's the whole caveat. Like oh, you can't pick somebody that's already married. Um,
2: I mean, I also, you, we also I don't have, have, have no daughters. idea what
4: I have no idea what Brett Phillips' relationship
2: status is. So <laughs> um, I have no clue. No, Freddie so, Freeman so, seems like someone you would like. Your parents would like. Yeah. Like, yeah.
4: yeah. Um. I would also say, um, and because I met him, John Gray. John Gray is a really, really nice guy. Like, you know, it's signed signed autographs for everyone, not just like, oh, here you go. It's like, oh, like, where are you traveling from? Like, oh, it's a good spot to eat around here. I was jokingly going to say a Mormon baseball player. The, apparently the only Mormon baseball player is Bryce Harper. Um, like, so oh, wait, on he's a list. Mormon? I typed in Mormon players MLB and Bryce Harper is the first one that comes up. So I had no idea. That's wild. I had no so, idea. So so I would say Bryce Harper because I know that he wouldn't try to t- try to get him <laughs> <in bed. laughs> there. You go. I would. I had no idea he was. Uh, he was Mormon. That's. Kind I of mean, lying. maybe Google's lying, but says no. Jeremy Guthrie's Mormon too. So, Jeremy uh, Guthrie, you can you can date my future daughter. You just can't marry her.
2: Sure enough, Bryce Harper is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Wow. And has spoken publicly about his decision to abstain from alcohol. Wow. So there you go.
0: Does not give off that vibe. No, so he though. definitely gives off whatever the opposite of a Mormon yeah. vibe is. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I'll uh, I'll throw another first baseman in here. What
4: about Anthony Rizzo? I feel like he's yeah, very, a very yeah. like, like oriented. Cool, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, he had Hodgkin's lymphoma and you beat that, so you know he's a tough guy. He does a lot
0: for charity. I think like he has like dogs and like his wife is like Oh, really- he has dogs.
4: He has dogs. I like that. That's yeah, that's they, key. They're sensitive. David Michael Vick had dogs too.
0: <laughs> I mean Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, he has dogs that he's he's uh making them happy. no no no
4: that's not a, it's a moot point now it's
3: a moot no point. I mean
0: regardless of the point of Anthony Rizzo being a good guy to date. I there, agree so with all, that I agree Rizzo with seems that.
2: like a cool dude I think it's a good choice
0: yeah uh but okay now that Eric's done destroying my points here let's move <laughs> to the let's move to the last segment of the night and that's going to be an awful point <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be our game of the week From now on, Eric, when you start talking, I'm just going to do
1: this. (laughs) But, David, I have a hypothetical dog.
3: Uh, Where's my phone? And hypothetically, you're a nice
0: guy. (laughs) All right. So our game this week, uh, we told Ben before the show, it's always completely all over the place. So we're playing a game called the MLB nickname game. So I've got seven cool. names on here. Seven is for the tiebreaker. So six is the actual, if we have a winner by six. And what we're going to do is I'm going to read you a nickname. And if one of you can get it without me giving you the multiple choice options, you get two points. If I have to okay. give you the multiple choice options and you get it, you get one point. All right?
4: And All right. so I'm with our name.
0: Yeah, just buzz in with your name. Just say Ben or Eric. And that will get you, obviously, the I'll go to you, whatever. Okay, but, I'll say Ben then.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh the thing is I obviously there are some really popular nicknames. I did not take anything that was super super common. So
3: these aren't going to be gimmies by any means. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Number 1. La Tortuga. Ben, go ahead. That's uh Williams Estudio, right? Show me Williams Acidio. Correct. All right. All right. So Ben's got two. Doc, Ooh. did you know that? I would have known it had you said multiple choice. All right. It's like it the th- perfect nickname for him, too. It is. <laughs> I know. Number two, Baby Giraffe. So I'll give you guys like five seconds. All right. Multiple nah. choice options here. Is A, Brandon Lowe, B, Luke Voigt, C, Brandon Belt, D, Matt Carpenter? Eric. Go ahead. C, Brandon Belt. Is he right? Is it Brandon Belt? Correct. Nice. So we've got a two-to-one ball game as
0: we go to I remember them run. making fun because
4: he has a super long neck. <laughs> oh, that makes sense.
3: Uh, number three. Boomstick.
0: Oh, that sounds familiar. Um, Well, you guys will get it probably when I read you the multiple choice options. If you don't know it, yeah, yeah, I don't know off top. All right. Multiple choice options
3: are A. Javi Baez, B. Eloy Jimenez, C. Vlad Jr. or D. Nelson Cruz. Eric. Mm. Go ahead. Nelson Cruz. Oh. Just beat Ben to it. it. looked like you were ready to... Oh, no, I was
0: going to say the wrong one. I was going to say Vlad Jr., so... Oh, there we go. So I it myself. 2-2 <laughs> two, two ball game going to number four. I Randy totally Bro- thought I was going to lose after the first one. So this is <laughs> Number four is the Cuban Rocket. And the choices are... A, Randia Rosarena. B, Raphael Devers.
3: C, Jonathan Villar. Or D, Luis Robert. Eric. Oh, I think Eric, you can just beat it. Go ahead. Devers. Is he right? Is it Raphael Devers? <laughs> no.
2: That's what I was going to say. Good thing, I, good thing you beat me. <laughs> no, oh, you yeah. got a one He's great shot. shot. Uh, I've been, uh, oh, do I get a shot at it? Then I'm yeah. going
3: to
0: say um, Robert. Is it Luis Robert? <laughs> oh, no. That's what I would have guessed, too, if I was read the question. Ah, uh, the correct answer is Randy Erosarena. Yeah, I was I was debating between those two. All, All right. right, so we're two to two going to question five,
3: and this person is known as the squirrel, Eric. Go ahead, our guy Jeff McNeil. Is he right? Is it Jeff McNeil?
0: Hmm. Uh, that's, see, that's I forgot when we first started this podcast <laughs> a year ago, we shouted him out every episode. And I guess you did your homework and you knew that was his nickname from back then. I didn't even know that was his nickname. <laughs> so good, good way to use your uh, tools. There you to go. Doc. Uh, all right. Question six. This is the final um, one, right? Yeah. Ben, if you get this, we have a tiebreaker though. Ooh, okay. It. Oh, boy, oh no I mean, pressure. you got to get it without, you got to get it without
4: the multiple choice. No pressure. All right.
0: All right. Now, Eric, is there gamesmanship to where you're going to give them a chance to try to guess it before you shout? I'll, right. let him,
4: I'll. I'll. And if I actually know it, then I'm going to say it, but if not, yeah, I'll give yeah, him a yeah. chance to get it.
3: Okay. Number six is the sheriff. Ben, go ahead. Uh, for some reason, my gut's saying it's
2: Freddie Freeman. I think that's wrong, though. But we'll see.
4: What were you going to say? Or did you I to was point? gonna. I was gonna say George Sherrill. I was like, no, wait, wait. Their last names just sound <laughs> familiar. Uh, I'll go Clayton Kershaw. It's just a guess. Oh, Kershaw's a good guess. All right,
0: so both of you, I will oh. read you the multiple choice options just for fun. The, the choices are A, Luke Weaver, B, Chris Paddock, C, Michael Waka, D, Andrew Kashner. B, um, Paddock. Paddock looks like a I sheriff. Was say, I was about to say Paddock, it too. It is Chris Paddock. Yeah.
4: He does. He looks like a sheriff now that I think about. it. Actually yeah, he kind of does. Uh, but
0: unfortunately, Ben, uh, David, I hate doing this. I hate David. Doing this.
4: David, that's you one, two for me in one week. One you person one, cheer. Man. Thank one, you.
0: You're one person cheer. Wait,
4: wait. Can you get the? Can you just do the music that you introed Ben in really quick? The techno <laughs> one. Why? I'll dance for like ten seconds. Oh, good thing this is on recording. Yeah, it makes for great radio. <laughs> all right That's enough. Ben, I swear that's not me trying to be a sore winner. It's just running. No, 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 no. Well done. Well done. Those were <laughs> that was tough, man. That was really tough.
0: Ben on that note, I want game, to David, so game. much for coming on the show tonight. Even though you couldn't take out Doc in the game, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Oh man, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of lot of fun. And uh, you want to give everybody the uh, where they can find you on Twitter, all the great stuff that you're doing over at PitcherList and QBList too, right? So all the great stuff. That you yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so I, I'm on Twitter at BenJPalmer. Um, I do stuff on PitcherList. I've got a column that comes out every Sunday about hitters to stream uh, in the coming week. I'm working on a big research piece on whether or not um, arm slot actually matters uh, at all. 'Cause we care a lot about it when pitchers change to arm slots, but it might not matter at all. Um and uh yeah, I will probably be doing some QB lists some fantasy football stuff down the pipe at some point in the future. QB List just had its launch day with a bunch of rankings and stuff. So go check that out. And the final thing is check out uh the podcast that I co host, Shaggin Flies, me and Zach Hayes. We uh just had an episode come out today with Justin Mason and uh we had sarah griffin on before that and um we've had a lot of great guests and it's a lot of fun but yeah
0: that's it make sure check all that great stuff out check him out on twitter of course a great follow and a great Marylander. i can speak that first <laughs> thank but, you very much great dude um next week we will have another fun show joined by a mystery guest that means that i have not booked them yet but i promise they will be special <laughs> maybe not ben palmer special They would be special. But until then, everyone be safe out there. Enjoy another week of baseball. And we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one.